Would you turn with me to James chapter 5? Miles is uh, studying at Notre Dame, I think, or where? Loyola, or where? Miles. I'm sorry. Notre Dame. Notre Dame, yeah. So he is a freshman, graduate at UGCA, and but then he's working in the cafe here and song leading and, you know, yeah, fine young man, huh? Yes. <clears throat> Beautiful. All right. Are there any sick among you? Is James 5, verse 14. Uh, so we're going to look at this text tonight. Uh, before we start, I want to welcome the folks that traveled 10 and a half hours, 12 and a half hours. All right, so Pastor Gordon Colby and Turner, Turner Maine has been ministering to uh, people that have moved to the United States from other countries, and, um, and he's been investing in them, and he put them in a van and told them it's just a short trip and uh, and he he's doing a good job. Would you like to folks like to stand up so we can welcome you here? Yeah. Thank you. Grace. Very very happy you are here uh, from Angola, uh, Democratic Republic of Congo, and then Democratic. No, Republic of Congo. Okay. So three different countries and where we just are. Glad you're with us tonight. So we have prayer has been our theme the last few sermons. And I have to be honest with you tonight that I have I tell you a story that when we were missionaries in Finland, uh, we we learned this from Doctor Stevens that we would have prayer meetings, uh, healing meetings, healing meetings, prayer meetings, and healing meetings. And pastors said, "You you must pray for the sick." Uh, so when we went there. I had my doubts about it, but decided to do that. So we advertised in the newspaper, in the Helsinki Sanomat paper, which is like the New York Times, of, and a healing meeting. You know, Americans, uh, evangelists, healing meeting. And so people would come, and we would... Uh, Pray for the sick by faith. And we would do it every six weeks or so. And people would come to those meetings. They wouldn't come to other meetings, but they would come to those meetings because uh, people are sick. And number two, they have faith and they believe. And sometimes people were healed. Sometimes 
They weren't healed. Sometimes they were healed. Sometimes they died. And I had to deal with that in my heart. I had to think about it. And, you know, most churches do not pray for the sick. Like, they do not have prayer meetings. Many churches do not. Charismatic churches do. Pentecostal churches do. And we do. And we think about it. And we know, I I read um, this piece. It takes me a little bit to find it. I've got a lot of papers here. Mm, Give me a minute. Coming to the end. <laughs> what? Uh, thank you, thank you. This is from Samuel Chadwick. The subject of divine healing is always with me. And I, I love that. I love that. No, you've you've known that if you've been with us for a while. I, I think of faith like this. On one side of a coin is faith, and what's on the other side? Doubt, yeah. Is there a time when there'll be no more doubt? Yeah, in heaven. There'll be a time when there will not be any more faith, there won't be any need. Everything is clear. The sun, we, we don't even need the sun or the moon, for the light will be everywhere equally, infinitely, no shadows. And I think of a shadow as like, is a gray area, isn't it? A gray shadow. It's, uh, it's, there's light there, but not, a, not in, in different degrees of light. And I think life is like that. We have different degrees of persuasion, different degrees of enlightenment, different degrees of faith. There are times when our faith is tested. Okay, the infirmities of the flesh have kept it continually among the problems of my faith. In the work of a pastor, there is no escape from it. Invalids look at the statement of the Apostle James concerning the prayer that heals the sick. That's where we turn to tonight. I don't know if they put it up yet. James 5 and verse 14, uh, 13. And we'll read that text in a minute. Some are healed by the prayer of faith. And if one, why not another? If some, why not all? I have searched the scriptures from end to end again and again that I might know the truth. And I have not found the subject easy, easy of solution. There is healing through the prayer of faith. The truth of this is confirmed by many witnesses who are both sane and saintly. There are those to whom is given the gift of healing, and they lay hands upon the sick, and they recover. I myself have been healed through the power of faith. In my ministry, I've been used of God to the healing of the sick. I've never exercised the ministry of healing except at the urgent request of the sick and a sure constraint of the spirit. In other cases, I've been quite helpless. There are those for whom I would have given my right hand if I could have prayed them to health, but I have had to see them suffer 
and die. Some have suffered untold anguish of mind because they sought for healing in vain. That has been my problem. While I was a young minister, one of the workers of the church was stricken with disease. We claimed the promises, and some of the best people I've ever known prayed earnestly and believingly for his recovery. We refused to believe that faith could fail. He died while we prayed. The shock to our faith was overwhelming. A sister of my own was an invalid for many years. Devout souls distressed her by the arguments Job's comforters had hurled at him. Together we searched the scriptures, inquired of the Lord, beseeching him that she might be healed. The Lord answered her in a vision, gave her peace, but not healing. I could multiply such instances on the one side and on the other, and it may be that others have been similarly perplexed. I like this because it's reality, and I like that. But in the reality is also our faith and what the Scripture says, to pray for the sick. It's chapter 5, verse 13. Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing psalms. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick. Now, this is what I want to say about it. I believe this. I believe it, and I need to teach it to you. And I want you to, I know you believe it, because faith grows with the word. We have faith. We, we believe. Uh, yesterday, I wasn't in D.C., but the group that went told me about it. And I'm thinking of Jewish people, and I'm thinking of the Bible, and I'm thinking of faith. And I see the hand of God in our time in history. And I'm very excited about the times we are living. And I also am excited about our church because I I know that God has sent us into this world to be people of faith, people of prayer, people that believe that God is in Israel and has a plan for the Jewish people. Uh, uh, We have seen the power of the gospel. We have seen what the gospel does in changing somebody. We have seen deliverance from bad habits and drugs and addictions and these kind of things. We have seen healings. We have seen them on the mission field. We've seen them here at home. We have seen them through our lives. It's real. And that God is our Father. That God cares for us. And why he doesn't heal one and he heals another, I don't know. But I know he heals and he heals another and he does it. But it doesn't, the the people not healed does not deter me from believing. But knowing that God's ways, God's work, that we're called to faith and to prayer. 
earnest prayer. It says that here. Let's read it. Chapter 5, verse uh, 15. The prayer of faith shall save the sick. Really? Yes, he said it. Yes, he said it. There were times, I remember, on the mission field there in Finland when we would do it, and the room was anointed. The room was filled with faith. There were people that came. I remember, I think, I I, uh, remember a woman who had a a tumor in her breast and um, had a a hospital diagnosis and uh, had to go back in and and she felt the warmth go through her body. And she went to the restroom to examine herself, and, and she couldn't believe it, but the, the lump that was there was gone. It was gone. And those stories that are amazing, and that we are believing God with earnest and fervent prayer. And we keep our, our focus on his, his love and we believe him and we just know he can do this. He wrote the scripture to teach us this. Can I stop it from raining? The Lord could say to us, yes, Lord, Elijah did three and a half years and it stopped. And how did God could say, then how did it start? Elijah prayed, and it started. What am I saying to you? You're saying to us that we can pray, that you hear us. Abraham prayed for Sodom and Gomorrah. We know that David prayed when he went into battle. We know that Paul taught us to pray for the saints and pray for each other, that we carry each other in our hearts and we pray fervent prayers. And they change things. Young people, they need help. They need encouragement. They need prayer. Uh, Older people, we need it. We need the prayer, the prayers of the saints. We need the encouragement. We need answers. We need God to be our father. I love that picture, father, father, you know. It's beautiful. The Father, he is strong. What is the Father? He is strong. He's an authority. What he thinks is important. He is kind. He is tender. He is compassionate. He is sympathetic. He is caring about his sons and his daughters. How are you doing? What can I do for you? How can I help you? I will tell you the truth. I will lead you. I will guide you. Well, God is our heavenly Father, isn't he? And he's telling us that he will answer our prayers. He is. He's saying to us, ask me, I will answer. Sometimes people are so busy talking about other people, it might be better to just be quiet and pray to God who can change a life. Pray to God who will hear a prayer. Pray to God that will help someone. Find him and know him. Amen. The prodigal needs to come home. The prodigal needs to come home. George Mueller 
was a great um, man who had an orphanage. And I have a story here about one of the miracles that happened with his orphanage. They had no food in the morning. And maybe you've heard of it. And it says, he told me in a vacation when he was the guest of Mueller at the orphanage one night, when all the household had retired, he asked Pearson to join him in prayer. He told him there was absolutely nothing in the house for the next morning's breakfast. My friend, my friend tried to remonstrate with him and to remind him that all the stores were closed. Mueller knew all that. He had prayed as he always prayed, and he never told anyone of his needs but God. They prayed, at least Mueller did, and Pearson tried. They went to bed and slept. Breakfast for 2,000 children was there in abundance at the usual breakfast hour. Neither Mueller nor Pearson ever knew how the answer came. The story was told the next morning to Simon Short of Bristol under pledge of secrecy till the benefactor died. The details of it are thrilling. But all that need to be told here is that the Lord called him out of bed in the middle of the night to send breakfast to Mueller's orphanage. And knowing nothing of the need or of the two men at prayer, he sent provisions that would feed them for a month. That is like the Lord God of Elijah and still more like the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Great story, isn't it? I, I, I got Amen. Praise the Lord. He answered the prayer. He did. He answered the prayer. Yes, Lord. Can you answer our prayers? Yes, he does. So this other story I remember reading was that Mueller prayed for 63 years for somebody. Mueller died at the grave. That man was standing there when George Mueller was put down in the grave the man that he had been praying for for 63 years started to cry and said that I believe in Jesus Christ now. Wow. Isn't that beautiful? I don't know when God will answer our prayer. I don't know how he will do it. I do not know if he will do it. I just know he told us to pray and not faint. I think we do faint. I think we get so distracted and filled with ourselves and we get rationalizing and thinking. But last week we talked about entering the closet and shutting the door and being in the fellowship of the Trinity and waiting on God and for God to put it in our hearts to believe him. I have faith, but I also have doubt. But then man said to Jesus, remember in Mark 9, Jesus said, I will do this if you believe in the man. I think he kind of got a little nervous. He said, Lord, I believe. And then he said, but help my unbelief. Like, please heal my son. I believe. But you know, I don't believe a lot. Help my unbelief. And that was enough. So, uh, in this text here, chapter 5, verse 16, it says, or 15, The prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he has committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. 
And I do think sometimes our our sins are the cause of our sickness. Our sins affect our nervous system. Our sins affect our minds and our hearts, our bones and our liver. Our sins, remember, it has to, it happens in the gospel sometimes. Sometimes the sickness is from the devil. Acts ten thirty eight. Remember in Luke 13, the woman had been bent over like a hairpin for 18 years. Was it or 18 or 13? And Jesus said, this is the devil that's doing this. I do think that sins need to be forgiven. They need to be confessed. I think sins may be the cause of some of our problems for sure. And I think that the forgiveness comes in and the healing comes in. And uh, then the body can be healed, the soul is healed. And if if you have any of that happening in your life, then just keep coming to the local assembly. And God heals us. I believe that. Maybe even nobody knows about my real condition. But I come into the assembly, and there in the assembly, I'm submitted to God as our Father, and the Spirit anointing us, and the Spirit speaking to our heart. And he might say, get that thing settled in your heart. Bring it before me in the closet. Bring it before me, and I will heal you. And what you do, what happens in secret will be rewarded openly. He said that in Matthew 6. Okay, let's look at verse 16 here. Confess your faults one to another. And this is not our sins. It's like our weaknesses. And you do it wisely, just with some confidant, a person who is not gossiping or talking. But wisely you confess your fault. A fault could be something like, pray for me, I do struggle sometimes with unbelief. Pray for me, I have, some, I have something in my heart that's bothering me. I can confess my fault to a counselor. Because healthy fellowship, healthy people, uh, the healing of God that happens in the soul and in the body, and that this has to do with the, the truth, the Spirit ministering truth to us in our hearts. Counsel in the heart of man is like deep water, and a man of understanding will draw it out. In Proverbs 20 and verse 5. If we were one day with Jesus Christ, if we walked with Jesus Christ one for one day, in the Gospels, what do you think would happen to you if you're walking with Jesus for one day in the Gospels? It would be, it would be a little scary, be refreshing, deeply motivating, for we have the same spirit. It would be enlightening, be helpful. I want to be with him the next day. I want to go with him the next day. I'd like to be with him because that's what, that's what it means, that we are walking with God, and the Holy Spirit is with you in your heart, in your life, for our healing. 
for our promotion, for our encouragement, for our understanding, for our words, for our attitude. And we are, we are believing that, yes, Jesus could heal. Yes, Jesus could help me. Yes, Jesus will. I remember when he was in Gethsemane, he said, couldn't you pray with me one hour? Remember? Couldn't you pray with me one hour? What did it, does it mean? It means that he knew what prayer could do. He knew. He wouldn't stop. He wouldn't turn. He wouldn't faint. He, he knew what, what God the Father could do in a second. And he knew that. So this is encouraging to us, I believe. Look at verse 16. Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another. Have you prayed for somebody that you don't like? Have you prayed for somebody that you have an attitude? They're in your little black book. Turn to your neighbor and ask your neighbor, how many names are in your little black book? Do you have a little black book? Have you prayed for one another? Seriously, seriously, we know of problems, maybe, but have we prayed? You know, we know of problems, maybe, but have we prayed? I, I pray for God to give me courage sometimes. I pray for God to help me. I know my weaknesses. I pray, I pray sometimes for Maybe a, a passive or sleepy attitude or laziness in my heart of some kind. I want Jesus to come on, Lord, make me fervent. Make me fervent. Move me, Lord Jesus. This isn't human. This is Jesus. You are the God of fire. And you make your angel spirits and ministers a flame of fire. Isn't that amazing? That we would care about reaching the world with the gospel, never tire of it. Never tire of it. But it's too big and abstract. But on the other hand, when, when, when we see it and, or when we go or when we know about it, we can carry it in our heart. John Knox, Knox give me Scotland or I die. Hudson Taylor, I want all of China for Christ. William Carey in India with a serious, fervent heart. Passion, passion for a young man to have fire and passion in his heart. Nothing will stop him because he's asking Jesus to do this. He is praying. He has a prayer life. And the prayers are being answered from heaven. And the angels are part of it. The spirit of God, the waking up, the walk of faith, the encouragement that comes from prayer, from the spirit. Verse uh, 16, it says, that We pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man 
avails much. It does. Say the prayer and then say, Amen, Lord. Amen. Have you ever said a prayer? I'm going to finish, but have you ever said a prayer for Uncle Bob and Aunt Dorothy, and you said the prayer and just kind of mechanic went through the names and everything, and then you just stop, and the Lord says to your heart, do you actually care about Uncle Bob and Aunt Dorothy? And I go, whoa, you're right. I don't care about them. I just say the prayers. I just say the prayers. This is it. This is us. This is us. This is how it goes in life. But we life is filled with many corrections. Many, many things that help govern, like driving a car. You're always correcting yourself. You're always, when you drive a car, you, you got the mirror, the blinkers, the gauges, the meters, the, um, instrument panel, you've got the gas, you've got, you're always checking. It's like life for us is that I don't care about Uncle Bob, so I tell God that. Lord, you're right. I don't care about my Uncle Bob. But that's not good because you care about him. Thank you, Jesus. Bless him. And the Lord said, are you serious? I go, I am serious, Lord. I am now serious about it. Yeah, and he needs help. Please help him in Jesus' name. Okay, now we're talking. Lord, right? I, I just hope that some of these things are helpful for us because we're in a world that needs God. And they don't, don't need our form our exercises, our drills. They want to know, are we alive? We are alive. They want to know, do we love? And we can say, we do. Without hypocrisy. Not in word only, but in word and deed. That's the joy of our fellowship. That's why, that's why we're here tonight. Because we found Jesus, and Jesus is here with us and in us and says these things to us. And the, the, these prayers don't underestimate their value. There, one last little story about a healing. This man was a preacher. He was a, he was a preacher and his name was Mr. Tyndall. And his voice went and, uh, he was president of the convention, and then he got a disease in his throat. And for more than a year, he could not speak above a whisper. And even when he did, it was painful. The specialist gave no hope of recovery. As all the meetings, he was pathetic and silent. Prayer was offered always. At the speaker's prayer meeting on the, the, the Friday morning, there was a remarkable intensity and unity of faith. No one could pray for anything but the recovery of his voice. Faith gathered courage for God impossibilities and claimed the promise. And then the president who presided, he... He rose, 
up. Everybody got up from the knee, their knees, and Mr. Tyndall stayed praying. And the, the presiding person said, this is the most remarkable prayer meeting I've ever known. And placing his hand on the president's head, he declared, in the name of the Lord, that we would hear Mr. Tyndall speak in the tent before the convention closed. That night, he spoke in the tent for 15 minutes and was heard by 1,200 people. And he preached without loss of voice to the end of his life. I was present and saw and heard, and there are those still alive who confirm this testimony. I have one more story. These are good. I got this right here. E. Stanley Jones was a missionary in India. He had a breakdown physically, emotionally, his nervous system. It was broken down. And he said, unless I get help from somewhere, I have to go back to America and work on a farm and try to gain my health. It was one of my darkest hours. I was in a meeting in Lucknow, India. While in prayer, not particularly thinking about myself, a voice seemed to say, Are you yourself ready for this work to which I have called you? I replied, No, Lord, I'm done. I've reached the end of my rope. The voice replied, if you will turn that over to me and not worry about it, I will take care of it. I quickly answered, Lord, I close a bargain right here. A great peace settled into my heart and pervaded me. I knew it was done. Life, abundant life, took possession of me. For days after that, I hardly knew I had a body. I went through the days working all day and into the night and came down to bedtime wondering why in the world I should ever go to bed at all. For there was not the slightest trace of tiredness in my body. I seemed possessed by life and peace and rest by Christ himself. Nine of the most strenuous years of my life have gone by since then, and the old trouble has never returned, and I've never had such health I seem to have tapped new life from my body, mind, and spirit. Life was on a permanently higher level, and I have done nothing but take it. Yeah, good work. Uh, I think you got the message tonight. Yes, would you pray with me? Lord Jesus, we are fully persuaded that you are in every area of every life in this room and everyone listening online. We are fully persuaded there are no accidents. There, are, there is nothing about our lives that you don't know the hair on our head and have them numbered and the footsteps that we take. And you've ordained for us to walk in this life in a unique way, with trust, with all our hearts to trust you, with all our hearts to believe in you. And you've asked us to pray, and we can pray for the sick. We could do it right now. 
If you want to be healed, just would you stand to your feet? We'll have a prayer for you in our walk of faith tonight. Lord Jesus, you know the condition of everybody in this room. And you, you told us if any is sick amongst us, we could pray. Anoint with oil. Pray a prayer of faith. Believe you for what you've said in your word. To believe you, Lord, you said come to you. And ask, if we ask for bread, would you, would, would you give us a stone? Lord, if we ask for an egg, would you give us a scorpion? If we ask for the Holy Spirit, won't you give us, and won't you heal your people tonight, Lord, and minister to us? Maybe psychologically and spiritually there are issues in the lives and hearts of people here tonight. Show them. Show them, heal them, do a miracle as they drive home, rejoicing in the car, liberated, free, forgiven. Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.